Hello everyone and welcome back to Don't Eat Your Young. I'm your host Beth Quas. I am so happy that you're here today to listen and I encourage you to go on to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review for me, a rating. I would be so appreciate that. Today I'm so excited to have Maggie Ortiz back on the show. She was here last season and I'm so excited to bring her back. She's doing so much to encourage nurses um, and educating them on their rights and their protections and where they can go if they need help. So I welcome back to the show, Maggie Ortiz. Maggie, it is so nice to have you back again. Tell us what you've been doing. Well, always nice to be back. So where to begin, where to begin? I actually had a pretty great year. I, you know, this is my, my 2023 was my actual, just like first year being out there as an entrepreneur, as a nurse entrepreneur, which can be kind of scary. I mean, yeah. leaving the bedside, I could save a life, but some of this other techie stuff or getting out there can be a little bit more difficult, but I've had, I've been well-received, uh, wrote a book, help I'm a nurse. I'm being, uh, deposed that one, uh, Kindle, Amazon, is it the end all to be all? It's not. And I didn't realize that there were some, you know, difficulties with getting that on Amazon and having that, uh, you know, just touching it and getting it to a nurse. You do have to have Kindle. So a lot of learning curves there, but it is on Amazon because when a nurse comes to me and they're in civil litigation, which is different than administrative and criminal, we're, we're not talking <laughs> because you're not saying my name within the first five to seven, seven minutes of your deposition of who prepped you. No, that's your legal team's responsibility, not mine. But it can be scary for a nurse because they don't know what what's a plaintiff, what's the defense, what superiors respondent. So I just break it down with just definition. So it's an educational piece for a nurse, you know, throwing in some witty stuff, some stats, because, you know, people want to know that stuff. And then tying a little bit to like, it could also end up in front of a board of nursing, but I'm not a lawyer. I never give legal advice, but it's just my way of trying to give a nurse, you know, something in 20 pages that they can use, you know, the risk management reached out to them. Hey, no big deal. Come on down here. There's a legal case that you're involved in. No, no biggie. Don't sweat it. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so. Remind us. Um, so you had a very short stint on the Texas board of nursing as an investigator. Remind us a little bit about that period and how it brought you to what you're doing now. Sure. So great question. Great question. So that is what kind of brings me to advocates for nurses, advocate Maggie, is that I did spend a short period of time as an investigator and I was seeing some things that I had concerns about. I didn't know law. I wasn't, I was trained as an investigator, but I was like, um, so how many staff were there? No, 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 no. Just, you know, keep moving forward. I just felt like nurses, you know, and I'm skimming over lots of stuff there. We're not being extended what I now know a decade later to be due process. And I'm not the only one who speaks up about this. So I spent a short time there, came back on out, went back to the cath lab where I was comfortable. A, a legal nurse consultant reached out to me and said, hey, I have a civil case. Would you look at it? And I was like, yes, full transparency. So then I crossed over PM civil expert for a short period of time. And now I do administrative expert work or advocacy where I help nurses and their legal teams when they're under investigation. So just under administrative law, which is any uh, person who has a license, it's your privilege to practice. It doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional board. It could be HHS, DHS, the governor, ALJ. It's just 
um, I have become intimate with that process and it changed my life. Um, so I'm, I'm just called to this space to help educate our people so that you understand the border nursing and its mission is not to protect us, it's to protect right. the public. I, I love that. I love the work that you're doing. And you freely give up your phone number to nurses to reach out to you at any time. I do. Just because I'm I'm called to something bigger than myself. And when they're sleeping in their car or they get that letter, it's like getting a cancer diagnosis. Right. And it's it's can be very nerve wracking. So, yes. And sometimes you know, their legal team as well only has a certain amount of time that they can spend with them. No disrespect to the lawyer. I'm, I'm going to be going to law school, but their time is limited and or their knowledge of the border nursing because maybe they're not a nurse. I have a different knowledge base. I've had lawyers reach out to me because I was within agency. So what I had to learn as an investigator within agency is very different. So I created tools for nurses, some handouts as well about being under investigation. And one of those gifts I do give them is my phone number because I don't want them to struggle alone. It can be very scary. And you know, anyone who's been in this a nurse for a hot minute, we see these people's names in the quarterly magazine or handout, and we all make assumptions, mm -hmm. as did I prior to spending some time at that board. Are there nurses in that handout that did stuff? Yes. Not lying. I'm not going to say no, but do they deserve a due process? They do. And that's where I come in. And sometimes it's just knowing what does it mean to be under investigation? What are my rights? And so that's my gift to nurses to help them, you know, along with the group and then do my TikToks because that's the last place I want you to be. But yes, I email uh, phone number. Yes, please don't don't struggle alone. You are not alone. So when that nurse, like you mentioned, gets that call from HR. Come on down. We just want to have a conversation. What's your number one piece of advice to that nurse? Uh, it will be on your schedule. It will not be why you're on the clock. Um, and then you need to have the full access to the full medical record. The organization is not your friend to a certain degree, but they're also don't want to be involved in litigation. Right. So that door for them swings both ways. They have to protect themselves, but they don't want you to be involved because that involves them. You know, so what does that mean? So but you have rights. Like if you're involved in something, then, yes, I want to look at the medical record. And it's not going to be why I'm on the clock because you're not going to rush me. You're not going to sit here and rush me. No, I will be sitting down there. And then if you open up the medical record as the nurse, what's the first thing you're doing? You're going into writing a note. I'm reviewing this medical record for what, what is the case number, sir? Because if they, if you're being deposed, it's, there's a petition, it's, there's a, there's a case, there's nothing wrong with that. And you're just keeping it very unbiased, opening medical record to review for deposition and whatever number that is sitting here with, I'm sorry, what was your name? Oh, lawyer Jack. Yes. Yes, buddy. And that's what I'm writing. And then I'm, I'm, then I'm going through the medical record. What is, I, I want to see the petition as well as the nurse, what is a petition? The petition is like an allegation or a claim. Why is there a case is basically what that means. So if you're under, if you're being called down and there's, uh, you're gonna possibly depose, don't you wanna know what the case is about possibly or where it originated from? So it is your right to have that petition. So I would be asking for a petition and sure, yes, attorney Jake, when I'm off, I will be more than happy. I am off on Tuesday at this time and I'll be more than happy to come down to your office. Yes, sir. And you don't, this is just for you to rem 
review the medical record, not for you to say, oh, you're being deposed. Oh, no, I'll let you know when I'm ready for that. That will be on my schedule as well. Thank you, Jake. That is such good advice because I would say, well, years ago when I was less experienced, I probably would have run right down and answered anything they wanted and said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe this happened. And you're saying slow down, take your time. It's really your schedule. Yes. Yeah. And I think I would have been the same. And mm -hmm. a lot of nurses do the same thing. And that's, you know, not to go back to the book, but that's what I talk about as well. It's like, even when you're being asked a question, you're always in control. This needs to be under what you are comfortable with, right? It's okay for you to ask the attorney. So I don't really understand what this means. Can you just help me walk? And, and what are my rights? Do I have rights? You do. And that you need to understand, but when there's a medical malpractice case, that's civil litigation, different from administrative, which is the border nursing, different from criminal. Those don't necessarily, just because there's a civil case doesn't necessarily mean there's a border nursing case and or that there's a criminal case, but do know that they can originate from that civil case. If you're found negligent in that civil case and what you do or do not say in that deposition, right, can cross over to the board of nursing. And if you're found negligent and civil, you do under most instances have to disclose that. And what does that look like? Normally under your renewal, it will ask you a question about possible litigation to include civil. And so that's where they get you is on your renewal or your full endorsement when you go to another state. Well, that's good to know. So at what point when you may be asked to come down you know, like you said, the hospitals, the facilities, the nursing homes, wherever you work, they have lawyers. And at what point do you need your own representation outside of that facility? Great question. That tells you, tells me you recognize that there is a conflict of interest. And that's a great question. So am I the primary nurse or did I just do a blood sugar on that patient? And that's the only reason why my name is in the chart. If I'm the primary nurse and that patient is now deceased, hmm, I would be really, I would be going down to speak to the lawyer on my time. And it may, you may need a day or two because it's, it's very nerve wracking and that's okay. That's okay. You need to do this on your own schedule. Their lack of planning is not your emergency. A trial could be pushed back. There's lots of things. Don't worry about the timeline. If you need a week even to digest that before you have the nerve to even walk into HR or wherever this lawyer lives, that's okay. So then you go down and you speak to them. It's going, if you've been a nurse for five minutes, it's going to come to fruition what this is looking like. I don't need to spell this out to you. Patient died. You are the last one to touch the patient. There's lots of lacking documentation. I would probably be thinking about getting my own legal counsel because who's cutting that lawyer that check? If you have medical malpractice or if you have liability insurance, it will get you a medical malpractice lawyer and administrative lawyer. Um, but again, for the most part, that um, hospital organization doesn't want to see you go down because then that ties them to some negligence because you are their employee. And that can, you know, that can be right to this level of gross negligence. So are they trying to necessarily always throw you over under the bus? No, but when it comes down to the nutcracker and it comes down to you or them, whom do you think they're going to let you fall? Who, who Who's going to fall, right? And right. then you need to take those things into consideration. Um, and then, you know, I can't give you the answer to that necessarily, but I hope that you start to realize that 
you know, I was the last person to touch the patient. This person is no longer here. You know, I have all these physicians here that are called and they have lawyers and they're going to be testifying against me. I, I might want to have my own legal representation. And I think that's something if someone were to get in touch with you, that you would help them navigate that time 100%. and and when to move forward with something like that. Yes, absolutely. Because and even sometimes the things that you do or do not say, because that can actually be, you know, sent right over to the board of nursing. Right. And what can be taken extrapolated that because you're in front of a jury, it's theater and civil cases. Right. Because not everything is going to be admissible different than the board of nursing. And so you said some stuff that could be taken out of context, not that all the evidence was, you know, provided there. And now that deposition is literally copied and pasted in this public record sent over to the board of nursing. So I just remind nurses, you know, you're speaking with the lawyer, you're setting up a time to speak with them, to go over the medical record. If at the time you decide that you want your own legal representation, that's when you would let the hospital lawyer know, I'm going to get my own legal representation. Mm -hmm. Then you put things on pause. And then that's when you, you know, get with that lawyer and then you guys are going to go over the medical record or anything, evidence-based science. That's when you would want the full and complete file, whatever they have, any discoverable evidence. So discoverable means anything that the other ha side has to include that expert nurse that's going to be testifying against you, all of it, so that you get that, you can review that before you are deposed. That's great information. And if nothing else, just to have somebody totally on your side yes, that wants to help you and, and not, like we said, not that the hospital doesn't want to help you, but again, they have their own things to protect. Correct. Correct. Well, I'm so excited that you are going back to school to become a lawyer because there cannot be too many nurses in this country that also have their JD. You, is that correct? I believe so. I, I couldn't spew that number off the top of my head, but I don't believe it's a huge number. I don't believe there's a huge number of women and what are we predominantly women. So that there it is. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. I have to do what, it. what a gap that you will fill and you know, well, you know, the board of nursing and how they run at least in Texas. And I know that you've done research on other States as well. And, you are a wealth of information. So to have someone in that space that knows what we do is going to be so fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I do think that there is a deficiency and that is the other reason that spurred me, you know, as an ER doctor who was just like, uh, so what are you waiting for? And I was like, well, so the LSAT and he was like, the, the test, he was like, stop it. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm old. I'm 50. He's like, I'm 73. So next, what, what, what was your answer? <laughs> And I was like, all right, all right. He was like, you are called to the space. You're already doing the work. So it's, it is time. So I, it is time. What uh, grassroots things are you working on right now? So I'm doing some charting courses and teaching nurses some charting stuff, just because like I just talked about, you're sitting in front with a lawyer and now we're looking at what did I just say? The documentation, what you did or did not document. So I got, um, I'm able to do a CE for the charting courses that I'm doing. So I'm doing like charting tip Tuesday in January and then teaching class at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, just because that's what I, that's what nurses keep asking me for is the documentation course, because 
what do I know in all three types of litigation? What's the one thing that we're going to look at? And not necessarily for a criminal case, but if it was related to like a medication error that led to possibly a death, what are we all going to look at? The medical records, what you did or did not document. And then with the, um, you know, with just with COVID and then these nurses not getting some of the real time ability to, to like chart for, you know, in an EMR or on paper, because they were in sim labs. So there's that, you know, huge deficiency. Um, the nursing coalition, I completed that this year, getting nurses together to brainstorm, because again, we're trying to find some grassroots stuff to hold some boards accountable. Um, so still working on some of that. I collaborated with some great nurses and learned some stuff. And it's every state, just like you said, I've helped either an attorney or a nurse in every you know single state. Some are worse than others. So collaborating with some other people because it can't just be me. It has to be you know five or ten people in each state. And then you know we like we talked about we are five million strong. We can make change, but yeah. it has to be each one of us going to our representatives. So I created some tools like how do I reach my representative? Well, okay, just Google who represents me. So I created some of those tools on my website with some short, like maybe a direct message or an email that you can just copy and paste and kind of draft just a little bit change to send to your representative. So right. that's something that I created. That's so incredible for nurses to have that so that they know what to do. And a personalized written message goes a long way versus just clicking on something that is generic and and I've seen it work and so I love what you're doing because it really does help and like you said five million we can make things happen yeah and it was uh in Texas here and I don't know the bill they passed where an APRN has to be called if an APRN is on an investigation really 2023 wow hmm. so those kind of things do matter. I'm just going to leave that there. But it was an APR and group that um, had their lobbyist, you know, champion that kind of stuff. But it, it will take all of us. Mm -hmm. It cannot just be one of us. So just like you said, people don't underestimate our people underestimate the power of our representatives. Because all you have to say is, hey, I'm your constituent. And you yeah. know who I'm like to hit up first is the nurses and the physicians because they they're our peers. You stand in front of them and you tell them I was zipping someone up every hour in a body bag, a body bag last year, and I didn't get workman's comp or, and, or every other nurse's assault and that's two an hour and there's no bill in the state. Why, why is that? You know, the Dallas nurse that got shot in the face, the social worker, and we don't have, you know, metal detectors, but by God, the Dallas stadium does tell me about that, sir. I love that. Yes. Why is that? Why is that? It's all optics and you know, it is, right. it's not about us. And not only that, take the nurses out of it. How about the patients? You know, that wasn't a labor and delivery room in Dallas, yeah. the labor and delivery unit in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Right. And, this, and no disrespect, this, this young man had an ankle bracelet on, and I'm not saying you should be able to see your child, but not at the hospital. You've made some choices in your life. Right. And again, there are people at risk here. And because of that, that is you're then you're not able to come in this building right now. What you guys do when she goes home here, you know, in a day or two is, you know, but you don't get to come in this building, right? That's just how it works. And had that been in place, he would have alerted. He had a gun on him, right? And then maybe some of that stuff, you know, that that, that they would be here today. 
completely agree. And they tried to pass legislation in Minnesota with uh, staffing ratios and um, it, it throughout the hospitals in Minnesota, and it didn't make it through because one of the, well, the biggest health system in Minnesota threatened to take a big expansion outside of our state. And so it was shot down. So that tells you, is it about the money or about the patient? Mm. Science. It's all science. And there's not one study that supports not having enough of us. I can tell you on the civil and the border nursing side, failure to respond. Let me just tell you about that. And now I had, you know, four patients in the ICU and you and I both know that's not appropriate. Right. You know, you have a nurse that says, you know, I have four patients in the unit. How am I responding to someone who's maxed out on pressors? I'm in this other room with this other patient's unstable. They're maxed out on pressors. I should be two to one instead of four to one. And now I miss something and they have a bad outcome. And now that family reports me. Every nurse, I want you to know, you cannot say my hospital made me. No, they did not. And I don't, I don't, you know, again, easy for me to say, but let me just tell you, there are nurses who got their ankle bracelets off, right? And if they can't, if that hospital cannot staff that unit and or that facility, I can assure you they're still doing elective cases. I can assure you they've not gone in diversion. I can assure you they've not moved anyone where they need to be. So don't tell me they've exhausted all the resources. No, because you're placing me and my license and my ability to support my family at risk. Your lack of planning, we're here because of them, right? And we have to stop normalizing that right there. I use things like 217, 1S and T. So S is you making me the, making the assignment, T is me accepting the assignment. Are you asking me to do that? The definition of medical malpractice, and I'll quote the Texas Nurses Association lawyer whom said, I asked this question, knowingly and willingly taking on an unsafe assignment. Is that the definition of medical malpractice? It sure is. Wow. So. Don't Mike tell me drop. that they're making you because again, they're not. And my biggest thing is that you have to be part of the solution. What did the schedule say 30 days ago? How long did you know? And I'm not telling you that some of the stuff I'm telling you is right. I'm just telling you where you are right now. And you have to introduce yourself to the position that they put us in and us too, because we too have stood by and done nothing. We have to own our piece of it as well. We have stood by and just been like, because we're the moms, we're the sisters, we're the nurses of the world. We're just, we just want to show up and do good things. And then we just expect everyone else around us to like do the right thing. And then, you know, we didn't go to the Capitol. We didn't, you know, there's only a small part of us who were willing to do those kind of things and make change. So part of it, we do have to own where we are at as well. But then that being said, now every one of us, has to stand up and say, no, we don't shame other nurses on the floor. We all stand united. If one of us has a concern, all of us has a concern. We don't isolate uh, any of us because even it, it may not even be valid, right? It could be something so ridiculous, but then that's when education, you take their hand, you're like, okay, well, tell me what's happening. Why do you think it's unsafe? It's not in a disrespectful manner because if a nurse has a concern that we need to hear about it and we need to support them and it's not four to one, nothing supports that. Don't tell me there's no guidance. There is, California and Oregon has it. There is, there's peer review science, right? You and I have advanced degrees. I did my master's degree and I had to create a paper. I know there's tons out there about, you know, what safe staffing is and what that looks like. So stop, it's the hospital associations. It's these people who are testifying against us that are causing every other nurse to be assaulted. That's two an hour. 30% of us leave our degrees the first year, up to 60% leave our degrees not go to another unit, not go to another facility, walk away from a nursing degree. Yeah, that is, it. that's what spurred 
this whole podcast of mine was hopefully supporting nurses so they don't feel like they have to leave. It's hard. Nursing school's hard. Passing boards is hard. And once you get that, uh, we would love to have people stay in that profession. But I also, on the other hand, understand why people leave because of the dysfunctional system that we're in. And, and nurses are realizing it more and more. I mean, I can speak for myself. Like the first five years, I, I wasn't really looking up. I started in the unit. So I was drowning in critical care knowledge. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't realize that I was in a business. I thought I was in, you know, in the help world. <laughs> I thought yes. I was doing, you know, a public servant. <laughs> then it comes to fruition. Now I'm two decades and now I have no illusion. And I came from procedural areas where I have no illusion. It's about the dollar. So it's just, but we have to support one another. We do have the tools. Are there going to be systems that crumble? Yes, there are. Are there going to be places that close? Yes, there are. Thousands, thousands will crumble because they were ignoring us. But we can't own that. We right. can't own that. Their lack of planning and their mistreatment of us, too bad, so sad. Again, do I want to see these crumble? No. Do I want to see rural hospitals or long-term care facilities close? I do not. But we're going to have to restructure, pay, staffing all these things that they've ignored that they've treated us like the room rate like you know uh, rebecca love often talks about mm -hmm. they did this to us they have dismantled us and and let greed come into our environment that big farm medical devices greed health insurance companies i mean where does it end? so no stop nurses we support one another we stand with one one another yeah, and those for those of us that have been in it for a while, like you and I, we we were caught off guard. I'm we're here taking care of patients, and then all of a sudden, it's what do you mean I have to do more with less? And I still only have these two hands in this eight hours or twelve hours or sixteen hours. I, what what do you want to give? And unfortunately, I think we know where we had to cut back, and that was sometimes on patient care or our own health. And neither or of both. those are good. Correct. Or both. Or, or both. Or both. Right? Yes, absolutely. And we're not taught the tools. These nurses, again, I wasn't working in the ICU. So during COVID, I was working in the cath lab. But we all know that there are nurses that were literally zipping body bags, many of them up an hour. And what do we do to support their mental health? What did we do to support them? We were telling the doctors, hey, you don't got to go in. You can copy their notes. But nurse, you will go in. You will be with them when they take their last breath. There's not going to be enough, uh, enough of you. I mean, that was the breaking. Uh, that, that, that broke a lot of people. When they came in for me, I had been practicing for over two decades. When they came in and took the N95 mask, I lost my mind. I had yeah. already been, you know, the border nursing stuff, all of this stuff. I had already been down this road. So I already knew the abuses. But then when they came in and they took the only thing that would protect me as a nurse, my brother's a firefighter. You would never walk into the fire station and take his fire retardant gear. You would never walk into the police department and take their bulletproof stuff. You would never do this to the military. Yet you came into my environment and you took an N95 mask. How dare you? How? And then, and then you only pass workman's comp for 13 states and Texas wasn't one of them. I beg my representatives, Representative Moody out of the South Texas tried to get us workman's comp. So any nurse, anyone, and not just a nurse, and I don't want to be disrespectful, anesthesia providers, right? They're intimately involved, you know, yourself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Us, we're the ones standing there. And then 
for you not to give healthcare providers workman's comp? No. I, it made me so angry when I heard that, well, if you don't have the PPE, you nurses, you can use a handkerchief. Are, are you kidding me right now? A week ago, I would have been ported to the board of nursing. I just want to make sure. So if I would have reused that N95 a week ago, I just want to clarify and put on this bandana, I would be standing in front of the board of nursing. But a week later, it's okay. I, I just want to verify that. Okay, thanks, yes. thanks, thanks, thanks. And if I put it in this brown bag, it's magical. A week ago, this brown bag, not. But now if I just put it in here 24 hours, it's good as gold. Okay, just checking, just checking. The facility that I worked at had people stand outside of these supply areas and you were not allowed in and there were boxes and boxes of PPE available that we were not able to use. We had to put our N95s in a brown bag, yep. put them at the desk. You couldn't even take, you had to leave it there with your name on it. Yep. Are you kidding me right now? It, no, it's I was, so frustrating. I was beyond myself. I called Texas Department of Emergency Management. I call all my representatives. My rep drop masks off on my uh, front uh, door. And then when Texas Department of Emergency Management wouldn't originally call me back, and then I called my representative and gave them their information, then TDEM called me back and said they could help me. I was like, oh, wow, interesting, huh? Did you just talk to my representative? Huh, how about that? You can help me now. Interesting, <laughs> See, we uh, uh, we'll need some N95s. To be able to do it, know who to go to. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm sorry, spell your first and last right. name in your title. I just want to make sure I get this correct. Not disrespectfully. Okay. And then a phone number and an email. And then I called my representative. Uh, please call XX. Yep. Here's a number. And then all yeah. of a sudden I got a phone call back. I was if like, oh, just how about that? Nice to talk contact. to you. And again, like you mentioned, be professional. And just, I like what you say. Could I get your name? And could you make sure you spell that correctly? Because then it's serious. <laughs> I'm taking your name down. And I'm going to let people know. <laughs> that we're not getting what we need. And it was a scary time and for all of us. And I feel it is. And that is not funny. It's not laughing. And I don't, I don't do that. No, I, absolutely not. But now we can yeah. at least look back on it and just what's laughable is what we were told and what we were made to do. And at that time Correct. in, in that day, there was nothing we could do about it at the time. It was like the Twilight Zone sister. I mean, I even called the person who, who like came up with the N95 and he's like, no, it's not, it's not more than one use. So I was like, okay, I just confirming. I mean, every literature says that, but I, I just want to make sure about that. Thanks. Thanks so much. It, they, yeah. I, it's just crazy what we were told and we all knew better. Yeah. Look, we went to school. Yep. We understand science and what you're telling us just is, it didn't change. It didn't change the textbooks. It didn't change the science, but we're not that stupid. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I digress yeah, there. But yeah, we got down to it. What you are doing now is helping people in probably, I would, well, you can tell me probably some of your darkest moments is if you are involved in some sort of litigation. Yeah. And it can be related oftentimes to staffing. They took an unsafe assignment. I'm seeing that more and more. And or like the newer nurses who I don't know if people realize this, but every governor overturned the requirement for in-person clinicals during that portion of COVID for obvious reasons. So what does that mean? They never have clinicals. Let me say that again. So what, what? So what? Sims lab? Sure, absolutely. In simulation, I had to do some research and I did find out, I don't know if you knew this, 
there's a whole association around uh, like nursing sims that the education yes, that the research does support that this there's a a place for this and the research is profound and I was impressed but that also I think needs to be in conjunction with you know some real life stuff so where when this was decided so what did the governors do did they get with the boards of nursing did they get with the national council of state boards of nursing did the nursing schools get involved so now we have these nurses who come out come out and so what was the plan I'm sorry, they haven't had any simulation. So we are already hearing all over social media that it's a gift to get orientation or training. So what was the plan? And, I, and I'll wait. I mean, please come back to me. What was the plan? I'm sorry. Did National Council of State Boards of Nursing get involved after the governor put this out and then get with the put out something that said, hey, every board of nursing, you need to do X, Y, Z, any nursing school, because we know that nurses are coming out and don't have the proper right education training and knowledge so we're making sure that they all have a nursing residency i'm seeing nurses in a residency program being peer reviewed you don't have a peer <laughs> if you're in a nursing residency program that means that you're a nurse less than a year this couple of them like less than three months you're, you don't have a peer none of us you, you have no experience you, you don't have a peer and i have begged them you know because if they reach out to me i could just give them some guidance and stuff i'm like please go to the cno the CNO knows that there's a peer review, doesn't know that it's a nurse that's been a nurse for five minutes. They're going to get the report after this is done. But, you know, she's doing all kinds of other stuff, right? She just mm -hmm. knows that there's a peer review, but that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. Right. Yeah. And, and that's part of why nurses leave the bedside so early on is because they weren't supported. They didn't, um, they feel incompetent. Do you think I want to show yes. up and feel incompetent? Do you think I want to show up and hurt someone? And it's by no other reason why I haven't been given the orientation. I'm hearing nurses saying in the unit, and I, you grew up in the unit, right? Didn't you grow up in the ICU? Can you imagine mm -hmm. telling me that they get like four weeks or sometimes no, are being sent to the unit, to the ICU sister, to the unit? And or saying like, it's a gift that they get three months. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, let me read you Texas where it says that it is the organization's responsibility to make sure that I have the education, training and knowledge. Not only that, it's also mine. It's also mine. And if this organization is not investing in me, I want nurses to realize that you're magical. That door swings both ways. There's not enough of us. And if they're not willing to invest in you, if I was a new nurse, I'd be like, yes, I'm actually interviewing you. Question number one. Do you have a nursing residency program and tell me what that looks like? And if you don't, bye-bye, because -bye, you're not willing to support me. And so I'm moving myself along. You don't deserve me and, and, and all my knowledge. Nurses need to realize that it's not a gift. It's their duty to us. Not only that, if they're dum-dums and they don't realize that our orientation, training, and knowledge helps prevent litigation, because you know what I know where is now? The crash card. You know what I know where is now? I have access to the PIXIS. You know, and now that patient got that adenosine that I didn't have to wait 15 minutes for, right? It's not, it's just right. common sense that the more education training that I, knowledge that I have, that I'm going to be a better asset to the, to the team. And then just this one little gold nugget that I always remind nurses is the first thing that's subpoenaed in any court of law. One of the first things I talked about the medical record will then be your employee file. And if you don't have the education training and knowledge, because we all get that checklist that we have to to check off and you know why that's there, their protection. Do they care for mm -hmm. we're oriented to a certain degree, but by God, we're going to have that checklist filled out because that protects them, right? Oh no, no, she got training. Nope, nope, there it is right there, December 9th, whatever it is. No, 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 it's not on us, right? So you need to make sure that I need the education, training and knowledge to be on that unit. 
That is such good advice because when you nonchalantly sign your initials that, yep, I was oriented to that, you better mean it. You better have gotten what you needed and do not be afraid to say, I need a little more. I didn't get what I need. I don't feel comfortable yet. It's your license. In in a respectful manner, right? If you know that that's, you know, you go to the chain of command, you go to the chart nurse and then you just say, "I, I can't be floated. I've been here for five minutes. You know, I can't go anywhere else. You know that I am a baby nurse and I bring nothing to the table. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but I can't leave this unit. I'm literally, I haven't even got my orientation boxes checked off yet. Where would I be going? No, 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 no. Cause I could harm a patient. No. And that the thing is when you're floating, you're saying that you are comfortable in your own setting. Cause when I go to another floor, I know, you know, I, where's my Pixis access? Where's the crash cart? Where's the bathroom? How do I, who's on call for surgery? Like, who do you guys call here? Where's that? Who's, where's the hook? How's this working? You, I bring more to the table and that's only because of time. That's nothing else, but just time. That's not magical. That's any one of us. You spend some time in any area, you become an expert just by years in that area. And then you know what you can need to ask for. Cause when you go to areas, you don't even know what you don't know. And then you can't put up your right hand and say, they made me float. No, they didn't nurse. And then they're going to quote to you the nurse practice act where it said you violated that. So now did show us in writing or somewhere where you said you needed the education, training and knowledge, go ahead and show us. No. Mm-hmm. And is that uh, hard, awkward? The first couple times you do that, absolutely. Does it make you? Does it make people maybe talk about you? Maybe, but should you care? Nope. Because they don't no. come to me anymore, right? And I say in a respectable manner. So, are you asking me to violate two seventeen one S and T? So S is you making that assignment, and T is me accepting that assignment. And then the definition of medical malpractice is knowing willingly. They're like, what? And then did you read the chain of command? You said you're the charge nurse. Well, I will never be the charge nurse, but you know that you put yourself in the administrative chain of command when you decide to be charged. But I digress. But so are you still asking me to take that? Okay, okay, I thought. So I'll take my two patients in the unit. Okay, thanks. Maggie, you are a wealth (laughs) of knowledge and I wish I knew a fraction of what you did, but I am so happy that you're doing what you're doing and you are so good at it. I hope everyone follows you and asks for your expertise when they need it. Tell us where people can find you. So I don't get crazy. It's all advocates for nurses, number four, F-O-R at gmail.com. Uh, like you said, I put my number out there, 512-766-8945. You can text or call me. Please don't hesitate to um, reach out to me. And uh, contact me I'm on every social media platform you could think of. I have videos out there that I've had nurses email me or comment and say, because you taught me this or said this, now my unit has changed because I got with some other nurses. And that's what I want. I want you to find the wolf nurse in your hospital, in your unit. And then I want you guys to all unite. I want you to use a policy. I want you to use the rules and regulations and go to your leadership in a respectful manner and make change on your own unit. I love that. I love what you're doing and you are making real change in nursing. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thanks for being on the podcast today. And I know that we will be having you back again because you just have too much to share in one episode. (laughs) I love to, I love to educate my people. So absolutely. And then anyone who's listening, uh, for your listeners, I will do, I'll send you a code for a 30% off for that, uh, charting course. Cause that is hands down. Cause the first thing I'm going to ask a nurse when I look at the record is I'm going to see the medical record, right? And what you do or do not document does matter. So let me teach you how to do that. 
Thank you. We'll put that in the show notes, Maggie. That is very generous of you. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You get a CE. Awesome. Even better. <laughs> Thanks for your time today, Maggie. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always good to hear from you. Thank you.